0: Hey there streakers, happy streaking Sunday. As I was thinking about what I was gonna share with you today, there were so many things that my brain my brain just got overloaded with all the different things that I wanted to talk about. And now I've pretty much forgotten them all. Isn't that what happens though, usually when you get into a moment where you're like, you know what? I'm gonna do this. One of my good friends, he always said, as you get closer to the pulpit, whenever you're speaking in public, your intelligence goes down at in this, in a exponential ratio to the closer that you get to the pulpit. This is Jeff Downs. This is a streaking podcast. And the question is, what am I going to talk with you about today? There have been several things on my mind, and I may approach some of them, but let's start streaking. One of the things that's been on my mind is the Hope Diamond. Now, you may ask me, why in the world has the Hope Diamond been on your mind? Well, because my son brought home a paper on the hope diamond produced by the smithsonian institute the hope diamond one of the most valuable gems in the world has had quite the history it's been stolen a couple of times it was found uh, and i don't remember exactly where it was exactly but it was a lot larger than what it what it is right now it was cut so that it has the beauty and resplendent uh, the 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 so that when the light hits it i guess it ref, ref, reflects the light in such uh, a unique and specific way one of the things that's unique about it as well is it, when you expose it to infrared light, it glows red for a little while afterward, which I never knew. It was owned by several kings. And the last person who owned it donated it to the Smithsonian Institute for all the world to be able to see. And I said donated. I don't know if he donated or sold it. One of the two. But it was there for all the world to see. I've seen the Hope Diamond behind glass. In, so if the reason why I say behind glass is because I was going to say in person. Well, I was actually there. I saw the Hope Diamond in person behind glass, and it is absolutely stunning. It's beautiful. It's a gorgeous diamond, and very rare, obviously, which is what produces its value is its rarity. Such a rare diamond that um, I'm not sure if we look at should we should we look at the Google and ask. What the value of the Hope Diamond is currently? Do you have any guesses out there as far as what it is currently? I don't. Let's take a look here and see. What is the value of the Hope Diamond? You know, before this big search engine, what did we do when we asked questions like this? I guess it was a, a research project. Well, it says here the current value of the Hope Diamond. And by there were, by the way, there were about 49,200,000 results in 0.36 seconds. <laughs> Don't you love how Google lets you know just how quickly it is able to search? The largest blue diamond in the world is the famous Hope Diamond. The massive blue diamond weighs 45.52 carats and is currently valued at over $250 million. The Hope Diamond is just one of many large blue diamonds that have been found over the years. So there you go. Who owns the Hope Diamond now? Well, it is the Smithsonian Institute. it's gifted, so we do know it was gifted by Harry Winston. It's kept on display at the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History in Washington, D.C. at the forefront of the gem collection. As I read and learned about the Hope Diamond, my thoughts turned to how this diamond was formed through time. The process of forming a diamond, and you may know very well, and we will review just a little bit here, is something that takes a lot of time. So much time that I'm not sure that we can really simulate one. So I'm just, I'm looking up here. Very high pressures and temperatures. The carbon atoms are squeezed so much that they start touching more atoms when the pressure is at about 50,000 times the pressure at the surface of the earth, and the temperature is about 1600 Kelvin, the carbon atoms bond with four other atoms and result in diamonds. So there you go. That's how a diamond is made. That is a huge amount of pressure, obviously, through time. And you've probably heard any number of analogies where diamonds are being used. This is a perfect analogy. I think about the hope diamond and what you're becoming in your life, you are a hope diamond. There is no one like you. You are the rarest of rare, priceless in everything that you do. Do we share commonalities? Sure, all diamonds share commonalities. All people share commonalities. But there is no one like you and who you can become. And there are times where you will have high-pressure situations where under a lot of temperature, You'll change. Something will become different. And you'll either become more valuable, more rare, or you may decide not to. And I'm suggesting to you this, that no matter what, wherever you are in life, no matter how high the pressure, no matter the temperature that you're at, that you can become the person you want to be. Sometimes that's going to require just doing the very basics, doing what you can to keep the basics alive. Another thought that I was having as I was preparing for this particular podcast was this can you be uncomfortable and happy at the same time does that make sense can you be feeling pain and still be happy or still be what what feeling pain and still feel that sense of accomplishment or the 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 sense of um, oh, appreciation, can you have the opposite what you would, what I would consider the opposite reaction to what something is that is causing you discomfort and difficulty? Can you have a response to it? And the answer is absolutely yes. It's not easy because in those high pressure moments when there is a lot of heat, it's difficult to respond in such a way that is positive, which is one of the reasons why you work at it every single day through a streak. This is what you do to prepare for those high-pressure situations so that when you get in them, you have a little bit of floor or flooring or foundation on which to stand so that you can effectively manage through your feelings. Related to this, I'm not. I'm thinking about this for just a second because is it related to it? It is related to this. Is another thought that I had something that Jamie asked me. I think it was last week. Two different situations, but both religious. One, I am one of the things that I do as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints is I work in uh, the temple, the Saratoga Springs Temple, uh, one time a week, and I work on Fridays one time a week. And when I go in, I have several different responsibilities that I do. Um, One of those is recording that certain ordinances had taken place and that we have the record of them. In fact, that is one of the critical elements in regards to the Lord's plan is to record that any particular ordinance has taken place. And so I have the responsibility to ensure that that happens. I interact with quite a few people, and I enjoy my interactions with each one of them. The other religious place that I am is at church. So church on Sundays, the temple on Fridays. But at church, I also interact with people. I don't have necessarily any specific responsibilities. And typically, what I'll do with church is I'll bring my iPad. And in my iPad, I have a program called Notability. In that, with that, I will, I, I will take note. Well, not really take notes. What I have done in church for the last several years is write while I've been in church, listening to whatever the speakers were saying in the main uh, congregational meeting called sacrament. And then there's another meeting afterward, which happens to be either a men's and women's meeting or a, a, a class meeting where we all meet together. In all of those situations, I would be writing. And Jamie challenged me with a question. And she's She's so fun to talk to because she's like, I wasn't judging you. And I knew she wasn't judging me, but she was asking me why I was so attentive and uh, interactive with the people in the temple, and yet I was almost reclusive with the people at church. And as I thought about it for a while, I had not realized that my writing in my iPad had actually really put up a wall and a barrier from really getting to know anyone in my congregation. And as I thought about this and thought about the year that we have lived in the place that we currently are, thought to myself, you know what? I need to change. I need to do something different or better here because the people who are around me are amazing people and I want to get to know them. But what I was doing was really shutting myself off from all of them because I was writing. And who wants to interrupt anyone when they're writing? No one. And so I thought, and I, I felt that this was inspired. This was divinely inspired. I thought, you know what? I can no longer take my iPad to church with me. I have to leave it leave it aside and go so that I can pay complete attention to the people around me and get to know them. So today was the first day that I did that. And I'll tell you, my eyes were opened. I saw what I had been doing and felt badly. I thought, you know what? I need to be better here. I had a great conversation with an individual just afterward who, if I'd had my iPad, I never would have had the conversation with him. And there's others that I had great interactions with, and I thought, I can be better. I could do better. It's another thing that you look at. There are times when you feel the pressure, and you feel the heat, and it may not be from external sources. It may be from internal sources telling you that you could do better. I know that there are many times when I have either been reading my scriptures or been in prayer and have thought a lot about, or, or have had, not thought a lot about, excuse me, but have had an impression come upon me that created pressure and heat from inside. And that pressure and heat has led me to changes. And those changes, hopefully for the most part, have been good. As you go about your life, your spiritual life, your physical life, all the different areas, aspects of you being the whole person, know this, that you have the opportunity to become who you want to be purposely, intentionally, deliberately. You don't have to wait for external forces to act on you. You can act. You can set up those things that will allow you to be the person you want to be. The only limits in life are the limits we place on ourselves. And we do that through any number of means. So don't limit yourself. Allow yourself to accept and become who you want to be and who the Lord inspires you to be. And as you do, you will experience happiness, joy, excitement, enthusiasm, even in the midst of trials, difficulties, challenges, and hardships. If you want to learn more about streaking, you know where to get the book. It's at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere books are sold. You can also download the streaking app and see everyone keeping their streaks alive. Post yourself, share with others what your streaks are, and learn all about streaking in there on the learn page. Uh, Let's see here. The other thing was Audible. If you want to download the book on Audible, you can listen to it there. Subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating, also rate the book. We would appreciate it, and it would help more people see the power in streaking. Until we talk again, keep streaking.